from a facility in East Hampton where realtors like to say you can walk to the beach if you're <laughs> if you're Gandhi. This is Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. I'm Bill McCuddy. And, and this I'm is... Bridget Leroy. Thank you for leading me in, Bill. And welcome to 2023. Oh my God, it's already 2023. All about new beginnings and we hear the gentle strains in the background of our one-man band, Mr. Jim Turner. Hello, Jim. Happy New Year. Okay. <laughs> are you having the guitar talk for yes. you today? It's are talking we, guitar dance starting over. Are you Harpo Turner today? <laughs> yes. So, um, well, we have a we have an action packed uh, hour today. Yeah. Of, of new beginnings, of starting over. Absolutely, uh, which was better than Jim. resolutions. Everybody does resolutions. No, everybody does. Nobody keeps those. Nobody keeps them. They're We're going to talk about some very famous people that have started over, rebooted their careers, yeah, acting careers political careers. And very uh, often uh, do they go back and forth, the actors yes. and the politicians. Yeah, that's true, because I was once time at a pump in the, uh, no, no, the gubernator and a culinera. Um, and that was uh, I don't know who Sullivan. that was. Yes. Uh, okay, so Lynn, Lynn Blumenfeld joins us. She's had a makeover. She was in the advertising business like me. I don't know if you say makeover with a woman. She doesn't had one, and nor does she need a makeover. All right, she's but she has changed. Careful. She's pivoted. She's, that's the word, God, right? no, can we like, drop really? for 20 like Did we not have pivoting enough in right. like 2023, 2022? Right. We got to okay. come up. She changed directions and started over. Not really started over. Uh, Lynn, Lynn Blumenfeld is well-known. Blumenfeld and Fleming, they're an advertising agency, a world-renowned advertising agency. But she has never pivoted. She's never pivoted. <laughs> pivot, pivot. <laughs> she no, joins but, us in a minute, as does Patrick McLaughlin from Hampton's Oh, we've Chatter. got so many people. And, and we have an interview with Matt Rayner, who I can't think of anyone who started over more, and we'll get to that. Well, that's and an then, inspiring story. And then we have Bill Collage, who is a screenwriter and has done a little thing with a guy named Will Smith who also needs a makeover. <laughs> And needs to reinvent himself <laughs> this year. Well, maybe this uh, movie In a film, will. nobody thought it was going to be uh, released. And then Apple decided to put it into some theaters. And for Oscar consideration, Collage uh, wrote that. It is a stirring, stirring motion picture. It is not on my top ten list, but it's a good one. Uh, Have you seen according it? According to some people. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I love you, Bill. Right. Well, I'm just uh, being my partner, My partner, McCudley. No, uh, you're really good at, at the bull spit. You know well, what I mean? You're super good at the bull spit. I think that deserves applause. <laughs> Thank you. Um, So those of you listening to this can't see that this is a little novelty device. And one of my, I won't say resolutions, but one of the things I want to do in the new year is get more laughs. And I know it's not going to happen from you. So I brought this thing along, and that's the last. Do you have a wah wah? Yeah, Yeah, there is a wah wah. And you have the psycho music for me. Okay, good. Um, Are we allowed to do that FCC wise to go? I think so. Yeah, I don't think anybody owns that. Well, Uh, listen. Let's move to our first guest because yeah, I was I was already doing a. It is about. I was doing a little bit of an intro, and I will. I'll just finish it because I, I'm glad you did the rest. Oh, of that's those what that was. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't. I wasn't no, no, forceful no. enough. Forceful is my word for okay. 2023. So watch out. Let's now. see how that goes. Um, yeah, Lynn Blumenfeld, a world-renowned advertising agency located right here in Montauk. She is a Montauk legend. And I know. Well, we were talking about it before. That uh, laugh. The laugh. Machine. Yeah, get yeah. the laugh. Um, <laughs> But also pivoted or reinvented herself and started over with a rock band after the age of five zero, which is amazing. So can we welcome Lynn? Lynn, Lynn welcome, welcome to yeah. Air Hampton. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's oh. a fascinating story. And uh, it pivots. But you don't know. It pivots <laughs> beautifully, but I'm not allowed to say that. Oh, uh, but it, it, it sort of, a lot of people come out of advertising. 
a lot of uh, screenwriters, a lot of actors, Billy a lot Scott. of stand-up comics. Uh, yeah, and, Tony and Scott. directed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you you were behind the scenes in advertising and then suddenly got on stage and decided to rock. How did that happen? Well, I came out of the womb looking for a microphone and a spotlight. <laughs> so it wasn't sort of like it just happened. Right. And when I was in my teens, I was in every single – I was the kid when you watched a school play or a school musical. I was the one in the front. Right. <laughs> Hi. I'm acting out the entire song. Oh, my God. And, in fact, when I started this band, the guys would, like, start – a. Led Zeppelin riff or something, and I, Jim Turner did this with me once. He invited me to come sing at a gig, and I didn't know two rock songs. Oh, wow. It was embarrassing. And I would, like, look at the guys in the band and say, but do you know anything from Pippin? Because I know <laughs> everything, everything from Pippin. So, um, oh so it, I, I was— the Fantastics? Do you know the score from— I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, yeah right. So, um— one day, I went to the Surf Lodge on a Wednesday to see my friend Nancy Atlas, and Who she— has been on this show. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. Yes, and she And uh, she's a sort of master class in how to entertain. <laughs> That's she's, amazing. She's a genius. <laughs> um, it's like she's the coolest girl at the party, and you're lucky to be there with her, and you're so grateful for everything she says and does to you. Wow. You know? So she invited you up. So she invited yeah. me and um, her husband, Tom Muse, also known as Tommy Babes, and Sarah Conway, and someone else to come sing The Wait with her. I didn't know The Wait. Right. I knew the chorus, but she wanted me to sing a verse. Wow. And she was like, don't worry, here are the words. You'll, you'll be fine. And I did it, and there I was dressed in my sort of advertising girl outfit, you know, a skirt and a little jacket. And um, all my friends were there because everybody in Montauk Excuse loves me. Nancy. I wasn't there, and I'm uh -oh. one of your friends. It's true, but I were just we wanna... friends way back when? No, maybe no, not. Okay. We know. were. We've anyway, been friends for 20 I'm years. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dolly. Go ahead, Dolly. I'm I didn't mean to interrupt your story. And, and you could have told her you were there. She wouldn't have known the difference. I was there. Okay. Okay, sorry. Right. Go ahead. So I watched all these people sort of like a slow motion reaction to me singing. Wow. And they were shocked and yeah. surprised, and I had the bug. So I immediately hounded down Joe D'Elia who I knew did gigs all the time in Montauk. And I was like, let me sing, let me sing. I'll do it for free. And, what and he did was Joe like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually he would hire me to sing backup. And there were two guys that always played with his band, Randy Hudson uh -huh. and Cliff Black. Right. And one day I mustered up the courage to go up to Randy. And I said, um, I was wondering if you might ever consider. And he said, uh, yeah, and Cliff's in. Oh, wow. Oh. How great. And I was like, he said, you're talented and you should be doing this. And it's ridiculous that you haven't yet because you're so old. No. Well, now, <laughs> speaking of haven't, you're not old. Speaking of haven't yet, you you were singing jingles in your advertising days. Oh, yeah. Tell you the story doing, about you the were doing some. Instinct. You were doing well, some I, professional singing. I wrote singing. jingles, but yeah. back then I had a, a moral compass. Now I don't. But, right. back, <laughs> but back then, if you sang on the jingle, you got paid. And right. since I was working for the ad agency, I didn't take that work away from the actual musicians who were writing the jingles. Oh, so that's, I would. That's very stupid, misguided. Very yeah, stupid. Very yeah, I missed all the residuals, which actually I think copywriters should get residuals because I wrote a lot of campaigns that ran for years. Right. And I got my salary. Right. Big right. deal. You know, I wasn't a top executive. But you did get a chance to do a voiceover on a very famous ad. Oh, I, I was the voice of Clairol for Clairol Natural Instincts one year. And um, it's a typical story of my parents who could be on Seinfeld as 
his parents or (laughs) George's parents. So back in the day, we had videotapes. And I would send my parents a videotape when I finished a commercial. And I wrote a note and said, dear mom and dad, I wrote this commercial. And this year, I got to be the voiceover. In the commercial, the song, you make me feel like a natural, blah, 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 is in the commercial. Girl gets her hair colored. She does it herself. She looks gorgeous. She puts on her headphones. She gets in the elevator. She's singing at the top of her lungs. A gorgeous guy walks in, and they live happily ever after. That's the way it happens in TV commercials in under (laughs) 30 seconds. Amazing. So I send my parents this little videotape, and I get a message on my answering machine. Hi, Alin. Hello, Lynn. <laughs> I'm guessing those are your parents. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Nina and Philip. And Nina says, I know you said you were the voiceover, but you, I know you said you were the voiceover, but the voiceover sounds like to me more. Are you the singer? You sound like the singer. And my father's in the background going, is she the singer or the voiceover? Is she the singer or the voiceover? And, you know, I've been in therapy ever since because obviously they disregard anything I write down or tell them. But but that was, yeah. Here you are starting over with this, you know, in your early or 50s. With a band in the Hamptons, and you're gigging all the time. Like you're getting traction, for, uh, getting heard. Yeah, I'm very aggressive. No, yeah, you are. But that's why I love you. <laughs> no, some, some musician, a yeah. local musician, called me up, and he was like, "You know, you get all the gigs because you're very aggressive." And I was like, "I don't know, maybe." Or I just ask nicely. I write a thank you note, and I come up and show up on time. And if they ask for an invoice, I bring it. And well, I want to <laughs> ask you a question, though, if it's okay. You know, you also do original music. Yes. How? What was it like? Standing up there, I mean, because you've said already that you have joked about having problems with confidence. One thing to do covers, quite another to stand up there and perform your own original music. What was that like the first time? That is such a great question. Thank you. Did I tell you to ask me that? No. Um, No, I wrote it down and gave it to her. (laughs) Where's that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Lynn. God, There's nothing like it. When you have a song in your sorry, head. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> How do you work this thing? Do not let her, don't let her near the toys. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so um, it when, is a good when, question. When, how, when, did, how did you feel the first time you did something original? It's really exciting and it's magical because it's sort of like you have this thing in your head and all of a sudden – it's happening and it's real. And it, it, this sounds so corny, but it's a dream come true. And, um, even recently, I mean, I wrote this, this line that was sort of plaguing me about, you're, you're going to talk about politics later. When did it become so black and white, this red, white, and blue? Mm-hmm. Right. As a first line of a song. And I had in my head, when did it become so black and white, this red, white, and blue? And I, it sounded too slow and marchy. And so I said to my boyfriend, Dave Portocarrero, my favorite guitar player, you know, here are like no offense, three Jeff. or – no offense, Jim. I love him too. <laughs> three or four, you know, different ways of rhythmic. And he just immediately took it and made it happen. Yeah. And, um, and we actually sang it at a Bridget Fleming rally, which was – Nice. That's great. So what is it? What does those first two lines sound like now? Yeah, how did jazz up? How did it become so black and white, this red, white, and blue? When did politics divide me and you? 
When did families collide, each choosing their own side? When did it become so black and white? It's, it's Dave's a rhythm guy. Oh, right. man, that's he, so good. Though. Jim Turner is fired. You're moving over there. Going to sing us in and out of every <laughs> oh, Jim, segment. Jim, Jim, we're no, kidding. Don't leave I'm Jim this way. I'm play, play, play sad hey, guitar music. But, wah, wah. You can play us out sadly and stand no. up uh, and, and so we can hear you. But um, I, I just want to ask you yeah. one thing before uh, we before we go, which is what advice do you have for people who may be in the middle portion of their life and they want to make a turn like yours? How do you do it? That's a really good question. Well, what Nancy Atlas said to me when I asked her if I could sing backup for her was, you don't want to be a backup singer. Go get your own band (laughs) and just do it. Do it. Do it. Actions speak louder than words. Thinking about things never really makes anything happen. I mean, I always say I'm the poster child for if you want to change your life, you have to change. And uh, my hashtag on my Instagram, which is at Lynn Blue Band, (laughs) um, is never too late. Hashtag yeah. never too late. Hashtag, Hashtag never, never too late. late. And you That's have lindbluemusic.com is your website if people want to learn more. And it's see true. It where is. your uh, upcoming gigs are. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm, we're, see, we're friends. So we don't usually interact very professionally like this. And I can see Lynn's <laughs> like, oh, my God, Bridget's like professional at this. Wait, you <laughs> so, interact professionally with no. some people? Okay, yeah, thank sh- you. Oh hey, uh, Jim, play us, uh, play us out. And uh, Lynn, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Oh, Yeah. Okay, that's a lawsuit. She's suing now. <laughs> Red, white, and blue. Oh, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks. Uh, we, it was great to have Lynn Blumenfeld. Yeah. We're going to have, uh, we always have Jim Patrick Turner. Patrick McLaughlin joins us in a moment. Yeah, uh, but first. In, in the meantime, in a giant warehouse next to a storage facility, because in the Hamptons, it's all about location, location, location. Sorry, I just this had is sh- Air Hamptons with yes. Bridget and Bill. And we are. Uh, I jumped on your joke. No, no, there's I was no jumping on anything. Lynn. I'm so sorry. Well, but while listen, we're waiting for. For Patrick. We are actually going to go right to our next segment, which oh. is, um, you know, we're, we're talking, it's uh, 2023, Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill, and we're talking about starting over. And right. there is truly no one uh, in the Hamptons that I know of who exemplifies that more than Matthew Rayner. Matt Rayner is, is a well-loved uh, person out here. He uh, spent the first part of his life, he's only in his mid-30s, but he was a commercial fisherman. Um and about three years ago, again, at the age of around 30, he was dr- diving, uh, you know, into the water in, in, in April, uh, just diving off the, you know, off the bridge, was having so much fun that he went and got a friend of his because the sun was about to go down. He wanted one last dive. I, I don't mean like scuba diving. I just mean diving into the water off of the, like, Shinnecock. Uh, like a dive ta- dive. Tow's like point. A, off of a diving board No, Tow's, Yeah, the- Tow's Point, like just diving into the deep water right there in Southampton and uh, or North Sea. And he went and got his friend, and thank God he did, because the next dive he took, the sand had shifted and he broke his neck. <gasps> and he is paralyzed from the... Um, from his, he says, the nipples down. Um, he has some movement in his arms. Um, his hands are kind of um, bent over, but he has reinvented himself as an artist. And he's been doing drone photography. And uh, we were lucky enough to have a little talk with Matt. So take it away. 
We'd uh, like to welcome Matt Rayner to uh, Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm finally here. Yeah, let's let's talk for a few seconds about just uh, what what some of us might just take for granted. Uh, what just setting up a TV and an interview is like for for you, a quadriplegic. Yeah, I know. Well, it's actually not that bad. If I get like some time, I can make it actually really nice in here. But I kind of had a like a my seat depleted earlier, so I had like a crisis. But with what? With your, uh, like a seat cushion? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a wheelchair seat cushion. Like just got like a hook in it in the garage and like deflated. So I had to fix it. But you couldn't do that on your own. You had to wait for someone. So our, our- yeah, yeah. We would wait for somebody and they had to come and like pick me up and then change the seat out and stuff. Wow, what a, what a difference from. Uh- you know the the life on a on a ship, but you still found ways to turn proverbial manure into a rose by turning to photography, which had been just a hobby for you at some point, right? Just really stubborn. Let's <laughs> say just super stubborn. I don't give up. Tell us just a little bit about your your injury. I mean, are you able to move your arms, for example? Yeah, I can move like uh, my biceps and my forearms, but my fingers don't work and my triceps don't work. So you're not able to like lift yourself out of a chair by yourself? No. Okay. No. So how did you um, start over with your art? How? Tell me about the creative process for you and what you were able to do and how it even struck you, why you wanted to create. I mean, you know, when I first got hurt, I really couldn't do anything, you know, and I just wanted to create things like I used to. And um, I kind of came up with the idea to use a drone and, kinda, you know, just went with it from there. And you've had several shows in the area of your work. Yeah, yeah. The, summer, the whole summer I had, like, a show every weekend. Kind of weird, actually, the past two months I haven't had, like, anything to do. It's been kind of boring. But during that boring time, you have uh, created a time-lapse video of the new art that you're creating. Yeah. Made a lot of new art. So tell me now, okay, so you've done a lot of drone art, a lot of uh, aerial shots, which is so, um, particularly to me, a friend of yours, very poignant considering that being in the air is not something that you, you know, you're down here and your your photographs are, are unearthly. They're, they're uh, trees seen from the top or or familiar places out here, the the Shinnecock Inlet, the all, all kinds of places, Tiana Beach. Um but now you're sort of pivoting to working with acrylics and doing sort of more abstract art. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I got bored of photography. I needed to do something different. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like, you know, I like got more control over my body, I suppose, you know. So I like figured out ways to do things. And I was like, maybe I should do some resin art. You know, try that out. Resin art. So you, do you create, you create this where? Do you have a studio? Yeah, yeah, actually, behind me in the garage. And you get large canvases, and then uh, for people who can't see this and are listening on the radio, can you just describe your process of how to create one of your works? Well, you know, I was at an art show, and I, you know, I saw somebody doing resin art. You know, I used to actually, like, like, I built my boat for work. Like, I use resin to make things that, like, were useful. And I was like... I should make resin art, you know, anybody's entitled to make art, 
It's me. Oh, I just figured it'd be interesting. You know, how long does it take you to create? Because I think you've done two or three of these pieces now. So they, they take a while, huh? I mean, you you are in a wheelchair for people who can't see you. It took like a month to make one. And then now I can do one in like three days. Well, tell tell me a little bit about, um, I guess, about your your experience of starting over. I mean, just imagine like you're stuck in a wheelchair all day, every day. You know, just like what your daily life is. You know, you can't even shower yourself. So you can't work, you can't do anything. You just want to do something, anything, you know. And like I found a way to take photos again. You know, and it worked out. It worked out really well. Like, you know, I could take photos. They look good. You know, people could use them in their house as art pieces. It's cool. You know, I guess in the beginning, I wasn't really sure if people just felt bad. Um, but then, you know, I did like a bunch of art fairs in the summer and then I kept overheating. So I had to stay in the van like half the time. So like I wasn't even near the art and like I still would sell them. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess a wheelchair has nothing to do with it. So that's good. And if people want to um, see your work or learn more about your own situation of starting over, they can go to Matthew Rayner, R-A-Y-N-O-R.com, correct? Yeah. Wow. 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 What an inspirational story. And yeah. for people who couldn't see it, what we're listening to this, he actually seems to blot the 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 paint with the side of one of his hands and he has some upper body movement, as you said, very he, little. Um, and he is an incredible person. So, um, is people, he selling this stuff? Is it, is it, he's trying, I mean, this is a man who, um, you know, spends all day basically alone in his home, um, and needs people to come and help him. He's, uh, you know, I don't want to get like political or, or whatever, but I mean, he's somewhat fallen through the cracks of our health system and yes, he's selling his art is his way of being, of it, being able to support himself. So if anybody wants to go and look, I mean, his his drone photography is absolutely unbelievable. He makes trees look like like lungs. I don't know how to describe it. It's just wow. absolutely brilliant. Matthew Rayner, R-A-Y-N-O-R dot, Matthew Rayner Photography or Matthew Rayner dot com. Anyway, Google Matthew Rayner and his photography. R-A-Y-N-O-R. R-A-Y-N-O-R and it will come up. And uh, yeah, and I was really grateful that he had the time to, to chat with us. Uh, he does have obviously continuing health issues and uh, he's a really brave soul. Jim, a little uplifting music, if I can lift you up for a second, and uh, we'll shift gears dramatically now and uh, talk a little Hamptons chatter uh, in a building right next to the East Hampton Airport so that when it all goes bad, we can hop on Ron Perlman's private jet and get out of here. This is Air. Does he still have a jet? Uh, this is know. We'll ask Patrick McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, this is Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. And uh, Patrick, welcome to one of our favorite uh, segments called Hampton, Hamptons Chatter based Whoa. on HamptonsChatter.com. Yeah, you have to dot follow. Net, dot net, dot dot net. Com. Oh, dot look net. at you because you spend, baby. You've got the dot net and <laughs> the dot I have dot that 34 com. extra bucks a year. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, 
party. Hey, so it's 2023. Are you right. still writing 2022 on your checks? And if you are, why are you still I'm writing I'm still writing checks? 1982 <laughs> on my checks. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't Seriously. Oh, boy. But it's okay to see you in the new, yes, year. new year. Likewise. Likewise. I have to complain to you guys because the green room food here stinks. Oh. So, <laughs> it's because I left, I, all, I brought, I left brought, the caviar in my uh, car. What camera, what camera are we on here? Oh, wow. Oh, Tuto. Oh, my Tuto. God. They just opened in East Hampton. Did you put something about that on Hampton's I did. Chatter? I did. It's actually... If you get a chance to go, they make them fresh every day. I actually have to tell you that I um, I interviewed Gally Meyer, who's one of the owners, one right. for you know, uh, 50-50, right. Gally and David and jo- John Paolo and Gabby are the owners. And I have a story coming out in the James Lane Post about the coffee that they serve at Tudo El Giorno, which is all organic and all grown in Costa Rica. Well, I've been meaning to write a blog about where there is, where you can get actually good coffee. I mean, you can yeah. get coffee anywhere. You can get it out of a vending machine. Well, I go every day in Bridgehampton to a place called Java. He's which great. Nobody He's knows. About. He is super. His coffee is super strong, though. It's not for the faint at heart, but it's no. Really he's got good. a bunch it's of smooth. different blends. We're talking about Andrew, who used to be in Sag Harbor. You guys and, talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to eat. Oh, wait, now. here's a plain croissant, oh. by the way. They make them fresh daily. Aren't these incredible? Yes. They're really good. Yeah, delicious. And I brought a gluten free cake because I don't oh, know. Oh, now why. you tell me about the gluten free. I thought you were gluten free. I some am, reason. but I mean, still gag from Mr. Saturday Night. Yeah, yeah, I'm holding yeah, the yeah. two. It's all Princess Leia. That's really funny that we're 1983. Okay, but anyway, not even then. Maybe 1970. But we're looking forward, not back. So okay. what are you looking most forward to uh, in the year 2023? And who's going to, who needs a makeover in the Hamptons? Who needs a makeover? I, I do. We mentioned, no. we rent, I mentioned Ron Perlman as a joke about hopping on his jet, but I don't is, think he has a jet. Does he, anymore, does did, he? did he sell his place just I, down the street? You know here? what? I, there, there are a lot of rumors swirling. I don't know, to be honest. He with sold you. the one on Lily Pond. Yeah, that but he didn't, year. but he didn't sell. I don't think he sold the Creek yet. No, I just drove by it and I was thinking about that. What's the Creek's going for? More than you and I can afford combined. <laughs> times something, ten. Something you mean like more than ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, is it a hundred million? Is it? I think like, it's somewhere up there. To be honest with you, once again, you got to give me a little pre-interview here, and then I can do some prep work. <laughs> no, like, sorry, no, I can't. No, I can't no, just no, wing no, this. No, this show is all about sh- surprising you. That's what we like uh-huh. to do. Well, do you remember when uh, what it went for when Osorio sold it? Where Ted Dragons? You know, that was that was a hundred years ago before I my know. time. I was in junior high school then. So. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Sure, we were. Yeah. <laughs> Someone wrote about uh, our friend or mutual, you know him as well. Uh, Stephen Gaines wrote a great short piece about the the Dragon House and one other house being the only two houses in the Hamptons. And when they were here in the winter, uh, they would turn their lights on so that each would know the other was there. Oh, that's the cute. only two that's, houses I don't out know here. Who it was. It's a great story. Yeah. That I well, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, well, you know what I was going to talk about in East Hampton Village? They raised the price of the beach permits. Here I have bamboo forks. Very, oh my gosh! Very environmental. Okay, well, don't open it right in front of your microphone, please. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, anyway, people think it's like buzzing bees, and you'll trigger someone. No, but you know they just raised the beach permit price from five hundred to seven fifty. So everyone's like up in arms. They're not happy for village permits. Seven hundred fifty, and that. That gets you a one-year pass. A one-year pass. So you can take your cars to, you know, like Georgica, mm-hmm. uh, Maine, and— Now, um, people listening to this who don't Mahalo. know about the Hamptons will be sort of flabbergasted to hear this. It's $750 even if you live here? That's for non-village your, residents. Right. So, it's for people who live in East Hampton— Town, not right. the village. Not so, the village. in other words, like people in Amagansett, people right here in Wainscott, where right. we where we fell, and people who rent and, and don't pe- own, and people who rent. And uh, you know what? Uh, last year they sold out. I'm like, going to say, how many do they sell? I can't. Approximately. I think it's about. I, I'm trying to remember the numbers, but I think it's about 1,500 a year. And last year they sold out in like two hours. Right. They started at 12 midnight, 
and they sold out at two by two in the morning. They were gone. Can you resell them on eBay? Do no, people, you can't because you have to like link Taylor it to Swift you. tickets. Go on. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's not ticket. I got master. beach tickets here. But beach anyway, tickets, beach tickets. They are doing Two up front. They're doing something special for locals this year on, on January 27th. You can go to the firehouse on Cedar Street and get a beach pass for a bargain price of $500 on that day and that day only. Wow. And so, then that's unique to East Hampton, isn't it? Because in what's called Southampton Town, where I live in Bridgehampton, they don't run out of anything. And I think I pay $20 for a, why? a beach pass. Do you have any idea why they limit it to $1,500? I mean, I, really I think that. we need to have Jerry Larson in here and ask him. Yes. Jerry, Let's get Jerry. We need or Jay Schneiderman or one of the one so, of the big hoo-hahs from but uh, East Hampton Town, East Hampton, East Hampton, East Hampton Town, Hampton. East Hampton Town mm-hmm. does not run out of. Um, I don't know where that came from. I think it was because Julie Andrews was on here a few but weeks ago. I'm just ago. grooving on the Tudo Journal. You guys, Isn't that you guys, good? Talk, wow. oh my god, <laughs> so Bridget, good. how good is that? That's you really, can't pay really for good. product placement like this, but if Tudo Journal would like to, no, they are not. Sponsors. We're available. I'm just loving this food. <laughs> okay. so, no, but they you. should because we were endorsing their croissants, which are really good. <laughs> <laughs> Made fresh daily, and and they're really good. And also right. opened up in East Hampton was they finally opened up um, San Ambrose. San Ambrose, which yeah, it's not San Ambrose, it's San Ambrose with a T. Oh, okay, sorry. It, it has a T at the end. Yeah, someone corrected San me. San Ambrose. Oh, okay. Oh, somebody. Oh, slappy yeah. on the handy. Well, I'm I'm still making payments on the last time I ate there. What did you have uh, the clam chowder for thirty nine dollars? Crazy. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> There's no. a thirty nine dollar clam chowder. Oh my gosh, the two of you said that in stereo. Yeah. That was so cool. Yes. Uh, and yeah, the oysters, the oysters come with real pearls, so it's it's very, very. <laughs> but uh, not with Ron Perlman. No. Okay. Do you know why we're in sync? We were born on the we the same birthday. Yes. Wait, don't tell me March seventh. Yes. Oh my God, Bridget Leroy, you wow. go on with your bad self. <laughs> I, oh. that, it's my little Rain Man thing is that I remember birthdays. Oh my God, that's so impressive. Thing. That's coming right up March seventh, so maybe people want to write that down. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I, I'm, I'm loading my uh, wish list on Amazon now, so I'll, I'll post that link on I'm Hampton's chatter. I want everything he wants. No, I'm just going to have a GoFundMe so we could go and all have a cup of clam chowder <laughs> together at Saint <laughs> yes. Ambrose. The Saint Ambrose, okay. and then yeah. we can go across the street and shop at Brunello Cucci. Right. It'll be a discount day. Wow. Oh, my goodness. We did did so we all fun. just win the lottery? Because that's what it takes to yeah, shop at that like. place and eat there. But um, you know they're opening a uh, Brunello Cuccinelli at uh, Tanger. Oh, so it's all the food. I am so kidding. That's you are so gullible. Uh, 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 <laughs> we both were like, what? <laughs> I thought, and a St. Ambrose there where they sell the food people send back. There you go. Yeah, so, <laughs> They're the day-old, like an a outlet pair. Mall. They serve the day-old. You can buy the day-old bags of bagels and, and muffins for like $5. Oh, yeah, they're doing that at St. Ambrose now, the day-old pasta. <laughs> really? No. Oh, no. oh you're kidding. You okay, see, me. I'm so if, gullible. If I can make just one person laugh, I used to say, I suck. Yes, um, but, yes exactly. So, Especially in your position. Uh, what, about, what about the real estate? We always ask you about this. Uh, what about the market out here? Wish I had happy, happy, new happy news. We're, we're optimistic. Listen, inventory's low. Um, interest rates are rising. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not good. S- no. Uh, sellers want COVID pricing. Buyers want post-COVID pricing. So right. we're in a bit of a Mexican standoff, as I keep saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's PC to say, Mexican standoff. Well, no, it's okay. We'll but, let, we but, allow. But it, it, it's we're kind of at a, a you know, we're butting yeah. heads here. But I, I think maybe in the fall, things will sort of settle their, you know, settle a little bit. But the inventory is down. There is no inventory. But if you look at the transfers, there's no transfers either. So- so the it's inventory sitting there. Inventory sitting of. there. Unless I know it's, someone that wants to do some remodeling and the price of everything is still really, really expensive and it's impossible to get anybody to do any kind of construction. And they said literally at a party the other night, we're waiting, my husband and I are waiting for the recession. 
Uh, well, you know, the so they're like planning for the recession, like it's in the farmer's almanac or something. Well, I keep hearing it from everybody. You know, I, I, I get listen. We get a lot of Wall Street people out here. I'm telling you, the market's coming down. But, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know. And I don't work on Wall Street. I work in real estate. And I can tell you, listen, prices are not dropping here anytime in the near future. No, I can't. Even if during the last recession, um, you know what? Uh, prices were – they only went down a little bit. They didn't They didn't bother. Well, out we out do live in a historically wealthy area even though not everybody is privileged. And I remember right. during the last – like in 2008, going down to uh, Wellington – in, yeah. During the winter, like horse horse country, exactly, for yeah. those who don't know, but near Palm Beach and all of that, very very wealthy, and someone joke and me saying, well, you know what? How is like the housing, you know, the right. the subprime mortgage thing? How has that turned out out here? They're like. What? Yeah, like yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. So I'm down to three polo ponies from four. There've been amazing cutbacks. Exactly, yeah. but it is that kind of thing. I mean, so yeah, it's uh, it really depends on who's. We're paying a bit attention. insulated by that, but you know what? But people react to the markets when they see the markets going bad in one area. They're kind of like, well, maybe I should wait here. You know? And yeah. those, those Wall Street guys who come out and tell you there's about to be a crash are probably trying to get a bargain on something. And oh, of course you they are. Go of to the owner and go. He he says there's going to be a crash. He's offering half of what you wanted, and they're like, oh, oh, maybe. This isn't going to air any time in the immediate week, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> because no, no. no, this is this is this is we're trying to negotiate deals. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of like that, Bill. You're actually you're you're right on the money there. But like I said, I think things will ease up a little bit in the spring. You know, every it's winter. Everyone's like they're hunkered down. They're not yeah. thinking beach, but they better start thinking beach because beach passes sold out really fast. Yeah, now we're, I'm not I'm not allowed to use the word pivot, but you had a career change later in life. You no. were in television. You were producing a very successful uh, young stand-up comedian who won his own talk show. Uh, I will yeah, never forgive me. Ed McMahon for Ed, picking him. That was oh, me. For Bill. picking yeah. Bill yeah, yeah, from yeah, McCudley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so uh, got his own now show. you are in the real estate, and we asked, and uh, are, we're asking all the guests today, what advice do you have for people that are changing careers later in life? What's wow. the number one thing? Is there a master class you can watch? Is there a, a, do you need a mentor like you do when you're a college student? How do you do it? How do you make a change? Uh, you know in what? Your I, I, this is, this, this was for me. I can't answer for everyone, but um, I forget who it was. Who, who's the basketball coach that used to coach UCLA? He's like famous for his. Pat, uh, Pat Riley? No, Pat no, Riley. Pat Riley. No, anyway, you can tell we're all a bunch of jocks here. But someone said, <laughs> yes. you know, like Somebody's you take, if you in. took the best like, you know, street court player against the best professional player in the world, who do you think would win? Uh, and he said, the professional. And he said, why? Well, because they play when they don't want to play. And it's about perseverance and persistence and, you know. Yeah, what are you saying? You don't really want to be here? No, <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's you hate, just show? hang in there. Just, you know, <laughs> show up every day and do, oh, and, and, and do the job. There's so many people who get into real estate, and I managed for like 12, 14 years, um, who get into it thinking, oh, you know, it's a, I, I'll do it part-time and I'll, right. I'll sell two $10 million houses. Well, it ain't that easy, you know? So it, it's, it's about- It's, it's about, about persistence pers and perseverance and, and getting your name and face out there. And doing the legwork. And, yep. and it's, it's, not a, it's not an impossible business, but it's not an easy business. Yeah. Hey, in the next segment, we're going to talk about celebrities who have successfully reinvented themselves. Would you stay yes, for that? Stay with us. Oh, sure. Stick around. We'd yeah, love to have sure. you. Uh, Jim, let's have a little uh, transition music. Uh, it'll give Bridget a chance to chew and swallow another huge Try bite more. of cake. Is that good? I'll have a little I of ate, this as I well. ate the whole cake. 
Wasn't it good? It was. Um, I don't remember. Yes, uh, <laughs> it was so good. Because we're both really good at ignoring anyone frantically signaling to wrap it up, this is Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill, and we're nowhere near wrapping it up. We're halfway through an amazing show about new beginnings, about starting over, and... That's the great Jim, Jim Turner. Turner. He's our, our one-man band. And, and house uh, band. I was telling you at the beginning of the show that last month I had the pleasure of dining with Robert De Niro. Okay, uh, wait, at a big turn. Okay, yeah, my Here, oh. At a big, name a job, big, name job a, a relatively big 30 or 40 person uh, dinner uh, for the holidays. And we were talking about celebrities who've reinvented themselves and how he had shifted from drama to comedy. And then I brought up Adam Sandler. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Adam Sandler's a guy who uh, Hustle is on my top ten list. I know uh, you've told me about that. I movie. love that I movie. I still haven't had a chance. To Patrick, did you see that? The one on Netflix about he plays the coach. Basketball. He's like a basketball guy. Oh no, I haven't seen that yet. And tons of famous basketball people who play themselves are in the movie. And De Niro said that he lo- he didn't love Uncut Gems, the thing that right. uh, Adam did that was also serious. Must be really good. I thought it was great, but he said a little bit, a little bit, yeah, too many people were talking over too many people. He, he was what, mostly, people were talking over each other? Yeah, mostly, <laughs> yeah, it was just like Fox and Friends. Um, okay. So it, it was mostly the directing, but he was admiring the fact that he had made himself over. We were talking about Daniel Craig, wait, wait, But I came in with the news today that Adam Sandler, oh, right. you know, in, a, in March is going to be a, being awarded the Mark Twain uh, humor award. Yeah, that's become oh a big deal. I put deal my and, phone on. On um, and here's Adam Sandler calling Adam now. Sand- yes, absolutely. <laughs> put it on. That's okay. On yeah, I think like when that happens, like it's like a, uh, an angel gets its wings, <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, so he he still is being noticed for you know comedy, but but wow. you've seen, I've seen that so many times where really like a someone who's known for comedy, like Robin Williams right. doing Fisher King, or right. you know, and it's happened so many times, and that's where. They're amazing. You know, it's funny. I was just talking last night, literally, about Adam Sandler. I think you and I were at a screening for the movie The Water Boy in New York City. Okay, I love that. Do you remember that with Adam Sandler and Henry sure. Winkler? And we would get when you go to these screenings, you get press notes. So I'm looking for it. I'm like, oh, Kathy Bates is in this movie. Like, oh my God, Henry Winkler's in this movie. I like, I really like Henry Winkler. What oh, a nice too. guy. He's such a good actor. And like, do you remember that movie? He did Heroes and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And then I'm like, when are they going to start the movie? And I turn around and who's sitting behind me? Henry Winkler. Oh. And he said, Aren't you glad you didn't say anything bad? Uh, <laughs> and I ended up talking to he and his wife for a while and he could not have been just nicer but he just got nominated for a Golden Globe for Barry yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's phenomenal and he's Barry. someone who has absolutely started over I mean from yeah. Fonzie right and literally jumping the shark I mean that's the show where that's where <laughs> that saying comes that was from. not the guy they wanted for Happy Days for Fonzie they wanted somebody big and bulky like a Stallone and yeah. Stallone was playing those kinds of parts then sure. and uh, little Henry Winkler walked in there I think he went to Yale he was an established actor and he put on a, a coat slicked back his hair and he did that Fonz thing yeah. for them and the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, you mentioned Heroes. The yeah. uh, Sally Field Bill was and, in that. Yeah. You know why I and, went to see that? <laughs> because Harrison Ford has a tiny little bit. And I was, yes, I was does. in my Harrison Ford period well, uh, right after little, Star Wars. And, and I know you lived around the corner from him because I used to. He used to live in 101 uh, Central Park West. Yes. Do I have to put a – because I just yes, was neighbors with him. Yes, I'll put one in him. for you. We're, <laughs> but, yeah. we're I used to see names. him at the uh, muffin shop on Columbus Avenue all the time. Yeah, because he's a muffin. Well, okay. A little piece of trivia. Pull yourself is that back, Bridget. The, the screenwriter who wrote Heroes, uh, Jim Karabatsis, lives in Bridgehampton, about oh, a wow. block from me. He also wrote Heartbreak Ridge. And wow. uh, 
Hamburger Hill. But we're not going to So it all comes back today. to the Hamptons. It's yes, all it here. Does. It right? is. It's, it's all, all here. Uh, yeah. So reinventing yourself, who else? So here's the list according to Forbes, Forbes.com and Tom Ward, who is uh, something called a CMO there. Uh, he puts at the top <laughs> of the list <laughs> we're uh, both creative marketing. Oh, I think oh, it's okay. chief marketing officer. Chief oh, okay, marketing officer. Okay. Thank you. Um, he, he has at the top of the list, maybe should count it backwards. He goes at number nine, he's got Madonna, uh, who has, he thinks played so many different kinds of music. Ooh, and, but what is she playing now? Well, and uh, this is not reinventing yourself. Yeah, this is the celebrities of reinventing. Uh, George Foreman, number eight, who sold his former Hamburger George grill. Foreman okay. grill. He was a boxer okay, that, and then okay. he made $200 million on yeah, that. that. was, that was Ice different. Cube, Jerry Springer, Arnold, obviously. Arnold was a bodybuilder and then became governor. governor. Floyd Mayweather, he has his number Why? five on the only because the what guy had sort of reinvented himself as a boxer as the evil guy, the villain, the oh. bad guy, in the, and makes something like $100 million a year. Kim Kardashian, I get. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was on drugs. You and I have, have interviewed him many times. He was in Chaplin. Uh, then he married. And okay, sorry, more. But I, you know, I, you got to remember. I remember he was on Ally McBeal, and that was his big oh, yeah. renaissance. That yeah. he was on Ally McBeal, and he and sang a song with Vonda Shepard too. I loved Vonda Shepard was on our show. She was a nice lady. Okay, okay. More, we're just dropping. You know yeah. who's you know who's not dropping Wait, names? No. Bridget Leroy. Uh, okay, oh, we'll get you too. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so no, but that, and who, all, who was Ally McBeal married to? Still to this oh, day, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. So it all comes around. Yeah, in a yeah, circle. yeah. That's so funny. But I, you, you, this list. Okay, so you've got all these Keep celebrities going. here. They aren't really. I mean, they've gone from one. They've these are lateral moves. These are not starting. Well, I, number one is which I don't agree with is Angelina Jolie, and he says that all started. But as an actress, she became a human rights activist, and that happened when she was in Cambodia making. Uh, Lara Croft, which oh. we did the junket for once upon a time. Uh, and yeah, she's a little different, but mostly this list is okay. about people who took their success well, and actually sh- launched Patrick it knows. into something You know who, I would have, who should have been on that is Jessica Alba. Like, look at what she did. She was an actress. Oh, not, yeah. not huge, but now she has this line of baby clothing. Oh, that's, that's like, huge. It's yeah, huge. I think it's where it got bought for like a billion. Hundreds of millions pivoting. of dollars. I mean, that I, – I use the word pivot. But, I mean, but uh, you know, Patrick knows. I mean uh, – Let's bring it all back to Bridget because I've hardly said anything. Uh, is you know, that I had a huge. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The audience is very grateful. But I mean, I had a huge change in my life. Yeah. You know, I went from you know owning the newspaper out here, and then I went up and I huge pivot, bought an inn and a restaurant, having never done that before. Right. Ran that for eight years, like Newhart. Yeah. Well, except uh, you know, she I, didn't have Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. No, her. well, I kind of did, but I, but I also had a staff of fifty. I ran, it was a hundred and forty seat restaurant. It was a twenty four room inn. I ran that for eight years. I was innkeeper of the year, and then my world blew up. You know, when Tavern on the Green, yeah. when we lost the RFP on that, and went immediately into bankruptcy. And thank God for people like Patrick who helped me. I mean, I came back here. Uh, we were getting our food from the food pantry for the first five months we were here, Springs Food Pantry. And lost everything uh, in, a, in a bankruptcy. I mean, completely lost everything. So um, I – family, you did. Yeah, right, I right. had three three kids, three dogs, a parrot. Your dad was in charge of – My dad was dead. 
but the yeah. he's founded the Tavern, the Tavern on the Green. Well, not really, but he he had he had had it for thirty five yeah for thirty five years. Uh, here, let's do this little Warner Leroy. <laughs> no, you Warner can say Leroy your dad. Well, he's a famous <laughs> okay. person. So, but anyway, but coming back and uh, you know really just like living on in people's living rooms and stuff with my three kids, my three dogs, my parrot, and my husband while we got on our feet, and I bit every ass that came down the road. I was a census taker. I took midnight shifts at the local inns. Um, I delivered meals. Um, I did everything I could just to. Make a buck and so did my husband so it was a really tough time and I just want to publicly reach out to Patrick because he would do these movie nights at the um, UA cinema and and he always invited me and my kids and that meant so much so I really want to deep bow oh my god yeah makes me really emotional but the good news is is that today everything that my husband and I have is ours it's something that we have earned and if we go on vacation it's because we made the money to do it And uh, that's a huge start over for Perseverance someone. once again. Perseverance and and uh, keeping a good step attitude. Upper lid, step upper well, lid. good attitude, especially with, I mean, I didn't have my nervous breakdown until the kids were out of the house because I had to be like, go, go, go. Everything's fun. Right. This is an adventure. We're going to have the best time being poor and look at us doing this and growing our own food and whatever it was. And uh, the day um, someone did help us out to get this house in Riches, the day we closed on the house was the day I was approved for Section 8 housing. Wow. So just so incredibly blessed. So starting over, you know, so that's the only reason I, I your list is absolutely fine yeah, and I wonderful. But, but I also have my own little starting whoa, 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 over. So I've got you, a story here. I want to hear your story. No, 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 I mean, I mean, yeah. you were like, okay, yeah, yeah sure. I, I Bridget, you could have come stayed with me, except for the parrot might have scared me. <laughs> <laughs> he was a nasty little bastard, was, too. Oh, my God. I what was a like nasty little really parrot. Really a nasty oh, parrot? Oh, my God. My mother, he would, like, run across the floor when she came in and try to bite her boot. And she'd say, get away from me, you little S word. There's a children's book in that somewhere. I don't was the What was the parrot's name? Nikki. Nikki, the nasty parrot. Good bird. It's almost a liter- almost alliterative. Yeah, Nikki, nasty. Yes, he did. Really? He would sing. Oh yeah, Nikki, time to dance. Oh, and what was so sweet is as Bing got older and his voice got very very low. Nikki still had Bing's eight year old voice. Oh, that's so, so it was cute. so sweet. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, but anyway, um, wow. Patrick, uh, <laughs> it's been great having you on. Have you I seen? Have you two segments? Have you seen yeah. Emancipation? No, but you know what I finally saw was everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, people are so divided on that. I, I don't was know not, if I li- have you seen it yet. It's, no, all, it's I think it's on Netflix or yeah, something or somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if I liked it or not. Michelle Yeoh is great. She's so great, is, phenomenal. And yeah. Stephanie. But I have to watch it also since Spielberg was Steven Spielberg was on this show a few weeks ago. Um, I saw The Fablemans is now on iTunes, so I'm going to probably watch that sometime. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I'll well, be Patrick, interested in your opinion. Uh, we have so enjoyed just chatting and shooting oh. the breeze with you. No, stay, stay, stay. Oh. But we're uh, we're yeah. coming up toward the close of our show, and you mentioned Emancipation, which is I did. Based on the photograph of, as they say, Whipped Peter, whose real name was Gordon. Let's uh, give an enslaved in, man his yeah. I will real say, name. you know what? I think they're going to have a hard time with emancipation because of one person, one person only. Well, we were talking about that at the top of the show. Talk and if about anyone people needs, who need to pivot. Yeah, yeah no, well, we, we, we were talking about Will Smith. And yeah, we're talking right. about how, uh, what are they going to do this year? If, if he's nominated at the Oscars, he's not allowed to go. They'd have to make some kind of a, uh, an exception there. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because I had the chance to talk to Bill Collage, who is the screenwriter and uh, who normally would have had an unbelievable year because this would have been one of the biggest things he's ever worked on. And and because of what's happened, uh, he's putting a good face on it and we're hoping the movie does well for him. But I had a chance to talk to Bill Collage at the Sag Harbor Theater the other night and we started out asking pretty much how it feels to be part of this conversation this year. 
So this is the year of kind of the important movie, Till, Tar, and this movie obviously fits into that mold. So how does it feel to be a part of that? I mean, being a part of that conversation is unbelievable. Uh, I couldn't be more honored. And this film is kind of important for Will, huh? Yeah, Will, Will was there from beginning to end. He has he has given his heart and soul to this movie. And when we wrapped in January of this year, um, you know, it was it was after seven months. It was supposed to be three months. And so for him to dive into this world and 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 do what he did for the movie um, was just unbelievable to have him be a part of it. The, traveling the world with him and seeing the the power that he has to convey stories and ideas is, is, is an unbelievable thing to witness. Now we're standing in a room in Sag Harbor that you actually wrote some of this film in. We're at the, we're at what is now the remodeled Sag Harbor theater. Uh, so this is kind of cool. I mean, this doesn't happen very often. I'm not sure if there's a movie that's written in a cinema. I mean, it's it's a pretty interesting thing. It, a lot of it was written here, and then a lot of it was written in Louisiana in the swamps in real time on the set and, and things like that. But to have part of the DNA of this film here in this room is very special, especially to share it with so many community members and, and you know, like my friends and stuff who helped me get through it. Yeah, you live here, and now you're in Austin as well, so you make your home here in, in Sag Harbor, but also in Austin, Texas. Sag Harbor will always be home. My kids were raised here, and I've been here for a long time, 20 years. So. And Will has had a, a challenging year, let's say, and so this motion picture could be uh, very important for him, correct? I think I think his work speaks for itself, and it's, it's, it's an unbelievable achievement that he's done in this movie, both, both producing it and... And starring in what is the best performance I've seen ever seen him in. Yeah, he's excited about it. He should be. It's, as I said, a great film for him to have on his resume. But, you know, a year ago when he was at home, Bill Collage watching the Oscars and yeah. that happened, he must have thought. And then Apple the next day said, we're never releasing this movie or they made noises about that. And they instead are releasing it. So well, now you know, people I, get to decide. But I want to say something about the Oscars last year as well, which, by the way, I didn't really watch. I watched the next day, the, the slap heard around the world, of course. But um, people seem to forget he also won for best actor. I mean, he did win Best Actor He did, but the people had a problem with the fact that he went up oh, after I, that. And I get it. took that and sort of changed it. I saw no, him he, a week he earlier. He slept before. Correct. Right. But I mean, then was allowed to stay in the, oh, yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. In the room, then right. go up, make a speech, yeah. which was different than the speech he did a week earlier when I saw him at a Q&A in, oh in, in New York. And I pulled him aside and I said, you just gave the speech that you're going to give at the Oscars. And he said, yeah, that, that is what I'm going to say. And that wasn't what he said because of what happened. Chris Rock uh, has survived nicely. I don't think he needs a makeover, but we are certainly interested to see what the next big thing he will do is. Uh, 2023, I, I well, hope listen, it's great for this show. I before hope you wrap it up, it's not so fast, McCudley. No, I'm not uh, wrapping anything. I've, I've told my story. What's your starting over story for 2023 or, or in the past? Well, I mean, as we, we sort of hinted about when uh, Patrick was on I and, and also when Lynn was on, I was in advertising like a madman without the four uh, martini lunch and uh, and working in Washington, D.C. and in Baltimore. And one day I sent a tape in like Lynn did to her parents 
to uh, NBC and I won a contest out of 10,000 people. So I was – this was the 1994 and I had been contributing to Saturday Night Live, sending jokes in and stuff. So I'd had some – Had they gotten on the air? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's so cool. For uh, a guy named Dennis Miller during Weekend Update. I love Dennis Miller. So there I was in the same studio, 8H, where Ed McMahon – declared I was the winner. And so literally overnight, I had to be on television where I had been in advertising and suddenly I had a, a daily talk show. And what um, was the show called? It was called Break a Leg with Bill McCuddy. It was the, the, the thing I won was on CNBC, but the show was on something called America's Talking. And uh -huh. America's Talking became MSNBC. Wow. And then I went to Fox News. Isn't it uh, cool having like co-hosts who barely know each other? <laughs> we have so much more hey, wait, learning to do. Who was your dad? No, I know. What's, what's your last – how do you say McCuty? <laughs> Actually, whenever I call you, I, my, my Siri, I have like an Australian man. Uh -huh. And I say, call Bill McCuddy. And it says, call Bill McCuddy. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> well, here's the, to, to applause for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've had. We've had a great show, uh, Lynn Blumenfeld, yeah. uh, you know, her story about starting over. We had Matt Rayner, um, incredible story of, of. And next month we're talking love stories. Yeah, we are. For, for February, we're talking about some of the greatest motion pictures that have ever been made about love. We're talking about people who. What uh, is love, Bill? What, we, we're going to answer all of that. <laughs> well, uh, to every, I guess to all of our, our, our viewers and listeners. Well, you're going to wish them a happy 2023. Yeah. And the perseverance and uh, not pestilence, uh, I guess just perseverance to start over if starting over is what you want and need. And uh, here on the first Sunday of January, it's yeah. pretty safe to say most everyone has already broken the New Year's resolutions they made. <laughs> uh, I never believed in those. You've ever done dry? I, I, I Weird question for you. I've done dry you area a couple of times. Right. And I, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, some people do that. Some people do sober October. Yeah. There's all kinds of different things. No, have I ever kept a New Year's resolution? I don't think so because I have probably three dozen diaries with like three entries in it, January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And then I'm like, screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. So, no, I, I, I don't really think that the New Year is necessarily. In fact, every New Year's Day. I uh, hole up by myself in my office and I do a vision board for the year. You do? Yep, every single January 1st for at least the last 15 years. And what's uh, is my picture on that one? I, I don't know if you play your cards right, honey. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. So <laughs> um, I, it, I don't always do it the first. I do it like the first week of January to kind I of I find it's also a really good day to burn all the self-help books you have. Absolutely. <laughs> Make a nice roaring fire. It's still cold and cozy. You can cuddle up next to Bruno Bettelheim and whoever else. Four out of five doctors recommend Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. Unfortunately, they are all psychiatrists telling patients just don't do what they do. Thank you for joining us. Jim Turner, our one-man band, will play us out. We will see you next month. And until then, thanks for being a part of the show. We've enjoyed having you listen. <laughs>